Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. And welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're with us, whether you're listening live, as we hear, are here every Saturday morning at uh, 10 o'clock from uh, the studios, typically the studios on Wade Hampton Boulevard, but now I'm in the, my office studio. And whether you're listening by a podcast, so we're happy to have you listen either way. If you've got a question for me, 877-235-9405 is the live call-in number. Or if you are listening by podcast, you'll just need to uh, send an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. You can also go to talkingmoneyradio.com if you want to listen to former episodes, former uh, shows that we have done on a lot of different topics. So you can do go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, click on the Radio Show tab, and that will take you to the section that has all the recordings of the shows I've done for, for years, actually. And you can go by topic. So you, you'll have the, some of the topics, many of the topics are listed there for you, or you can do a search by a particular topic, and it will come up with all the different shows that I've done that, that at least some portion of that show I discussed that particular topic. So a valuable resource for you if you go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com. But there again, if you've got a question for me, whether you're listening live or or not, you can always send that question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. So a couple of questions I've had over the last couple of weeks. Uh, one came from Mike uh, who said, he would you a simple question about a 401K, would you bypass a 401K and go straight to a Roth. So I assume the question there is, I'm working for a company, I have the option of doing a 401k, a traditional 401k, not necessarily a Roth 401k, and I'm thinking about instead of doing that, I'll just use go directly, not participate in that 401k at my company, and go directly to a Roth uh, IRA and put the money in there. So a couple of things you have to look at is what your what your tax deduction is. So if you're putting it into a 401k, that's a traditional 401k, you get a tax deduction for the year that you make that contribution. So your your income gets reduced by the amount of money you put into that 401k. And another the biggest consideration would be is what is the match? So is your company going to match the money that you are putting into that account. And if they're going to match, then I don't think there's any question you want to go directly to the 401k and make a match and not skip it and go straight to a Roth IRA. So that, that to me, just makes it a no-brainer. You're, you're giving away free money if you, don't, if, if you don't participate in a 401k that says you put in six and the company puts in three or some version like that. That's a fairly typical match. You put in 6% of your salary, they put in three, and that's an extra 3% of your salary that you're forgoing if you just don't do it. Now, once you hit the max and you're getting all the the match that you're going to get. So you've hit the max match. 
and spit that out for you three times. So if when you're there, then you might think about going to a Roth because there's not going to be, a, if you don't need the tax benefit, if you don't need to put or don't want to have the extra tax deduction, so maybe you're in a, a 12% federal income tax marginal bracket and you're probably going to be in a 12% marginal bracket when you retire. Maybe it's going to be a lower one. Then, then it really is not going to make a lot of difference. You can be a, a traditional or a Roth. But we don't know what the tax rates are going to be. So we can assume they're going to be the same, but they may not be the same. So having a mix of taxable and non-taxable assets is really a key at retirement. Because when you're trying to do your tax planning, when we're working with a client trying to figure out what's the best vehicle to take the money from to provide this client's monthly income, so we're going to look at the tax benefit, the, the tax ramifications as well. So if you are in a 22% federal income tax bracket and taking more money out of a traditional IRA, traditional 401k may put you into the next bracket, it's going to put you up to the 24%, or maybe you're going to go from 24 to 32, or 22 to 32. You look at those tax brackets and and try to to minimize the taxes by pulling funds out of the right kind of account. So a, a huge income tax and retirement planning strategy that we use is, and that you need to consider is look at your marginal tax bracket. You need to know what that marginal tax bracket is so you can do this kind of planning. So what in the world is the marginal tax bracket? <laughs> How does that work? So if you look at the tax tables, your your income is taxed at different levels. So it's going to be 0% for a while because you've got your standard deduction that you have, and it's a higher standard deduction if you're over 65, you're 65 or older. You get the extra deductions there. And then it starts getting into the 10% bracket, so part of your money is taxed. So for 2020, the first 19750 of taxable income, so taxable income is the amount after your standard deduction and any other credits and deductions that you may have. But for most people, the standard deduction, maybe the itemized deduction if you're itemizing deductions. So after that, the first 19750 is at 10%. This is married filing jointly. And then once you get up between 19750 and 80250 then you're at 12%. And once you get above 80250 of taxable income, then just always keep that straight. What's my taxable income versus what my total income is? So your taxable income is the amount after you take the deductions and credits and so forth. So the taxable income, then it's 22%, and that's the same up until $171,050 of taxable income. So knowing what those brackets are, you'll know, okay, if I'm at 80250 taxable income now, and that's taking uh, whatever part of my Social Security is taxed, and you have to consider that as well, and how much of my pension income is taxed, and, and how much my IRA distributions are taxed, and I'm up to 80250 but I need to have some more income just for my normal expenses, or maybe I need some income for a one-time thing, like I'm going to buy a car and want to buy it with cash this year. Where do I get those funds? Well, you, you don't want to take those funds, if you can help it, from the IRA because that's going to put you all in the 20, all that IRA distribution is going to put you in the 22% bracket. Whereas before that, you were in the 12 because your taxable income stayed at 80,250 for 2020, it stayed at 80,250 or below. So you want to get that from a, a different source. So maybe you have a Roth IRA. Maybe you've got some regular brokerage account money 
that you can sell. So if you can if you can sell a an asset that has a long term capital gain, so something you bought some time ago and it's worth more, you've held it for longer than twelve months and it's worth more than you paid for it, then you can sell that. And uh, unfortunately now, if you sell it and your taxable income is already at eighty thousand two fifty. You're going to be taxed at 15%, but it's going to be 15%, not 22%. So that's still a better deal. Now, if you can, if you can try to play the game where your taxable income from regular sources is less than 80,250, and then you can sell something that has a long-term capital gain, that long-term capital gain percent will be just what you want to hear, 0%. So when you sell a long-term capital gain property, and your taxable income is in the 12% marginal bracket or less, none of the proceeds can put you over that 12% bracket. But if it's less than that, it's actually 0%. So so I would advise a lot of people who don't even need to sell an asset, if you've got some gain in it, and if you can sell it and not pay any taxes on it because you're in that 12% tax bracket, go ahead and do it. And then you can go ahead and, and buy the the property again because if you've got a gain on it, there's there's no 31-day requirement that you have to wait. You can just buy the property back again because you're paying tax on the gain. But now you've bought, repurchased it at a higher price. And when you purchase it at the higher price, then, of course, your cost basis for tax purposes is now higher. So when you go to sell it in another five years from now, maybe you've already held it for five years. You've got some gain in it. You sell it. You create the capital long-term capital gain. And you pay no taxes on it, but you reinvest at the higher price. And then when you sell it five years from then, the cost basis is going to be from when you repurchased it, not from when you purchased it the first time. So it's a way to, to play the system, but you have to know what your marginal tax bracket is, which is the highest, the last, how much your last dollar of earnings, taxable earnings, is taxed at. And you need to know what those tables are so as best you can so that you can try to minimize the amount of taxes that you have as when you're selling when you're taking money out. So having some money that's in a traditional IRA, some money that's in a Roth, some money that's in just a regular brokerage account that has regular long-term capital gains in it, if you've got multiple sources to pull from to get your retirement income, that's a, a better way, a better tax planning way, and it certainly gives me as an advisor a lot more flexibility. If all you have is an IRA, and you brought it in from a 401k. Well, there's nothing much we can do. If you need the money, you need the money. We have to take it out. Maybe it might be better even to borrow some money for a few years so that you don't have to take money out at a higher tax bracket. That's that's certainly another option. But those are a lot of things to consider there. All right, we get back to the break. I had a question from Bill. This is back to annuities. He's talk, We're talking about exchanging one annuity for another in the 1035 exchange and how to keep track of that. And it's so important to track that basis information. So we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. 877-235-9405 is the phone line if you're listening live. Or, of course, a reminder, Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com is where you can email a question, and we'll cover that on a future episode of Talking Money. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, 
feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. It's glad to have you with us again, whether you're listening to our podcast or you're listening live here at the studios at WGTK 94.5. Download that app if you want to listen live wherever you are in the in the world, I guess. Wherever apps, uh, whatever apps are available, you can listen to it anywhere in the world and you can listen to it live. Or you can always listen to a podcast. So TalkingMoneyRadio.com is the website. If you've got a question for me, you can always send it to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and we'll make sure we cover that on a future uh, episode of Talking Money. So the the last question we'll cover today comes from Bill, so I'm going to paraphrase it because this was a uh, a phone call I received. So he exchanged an annuity for another one last year. Originally, he had done a 1035 exchange in the early 80s, so it goes back a little while. However, he, when he did, when he exchanged an annuity for la, the one last year, he forgot to do a 1035 exchange. So he created a taxable event, and he, and he failed to tell the agent. The agent never asked, I guess, where this money's coming from. Uh, it would have been a, a, always a good question for the agent to ask, where is this money coming from? Did it come from an annuity? But by the time he got it, he already got the check in hand. So it's too late to do the 1035 exchange, tax-free exchange. If you uh, liquidate the contract and just get the money, then you can't do the 1035 exchange because you you created the taxable event for yourself. So these are a, a taxable or what we call non-qualified annuities, which means they're not inside of an IRA, a Roth, or a traditional IRA. They're just regular accounts. They are tax deferred. So when you buy a non-qualified annuity, one of the advantages, I'll say two advantages, one is that the the money is not taxed to you. So if you were in a higher tax bracket than you expect to be in retirement, then the funds that you earn, you're not going to pay taxes on it now. You won't pay taxes on it until you take the money out whenever that is later. Now, you have to wait till past age 59 and a half, or you can have a 10% penalty on the earnings portion, just like you would an IRA distribution. So you want to be careful with that. But after 59 and a half, you can take the money out and pay taxes at your then current bracket. Now, if you're going to be in the same bracket 20 years from now that you are right now, and, and we think tax brackets stay the same, which we don't know, of course, then there's not really much of a, an advantage to you to do that. You can go always invest in long-term capital gain property and maybe even have less to pay in taxes doing that. But one of the ways to avoid the taxes now, I've, I've talked about this before, is do a 1035 tax-free exchange. But it has to be done while the contract is still in existence and in force. And one of the important things to remember when you do this, and the agent should be able to help you do this 1035 exchange, but just be careful why you do it. Now, in Bill's case, he said he did it because the insurance company he was moving the money to was going to pay a 
higher rate than the company had. It was just a regular fixed annuity. It wasn't an indexed annuity. It was just one that paid a a guaranteed rate, and the insurance company would determine what that rate is every year, every six months, and so forth. So it had a very attractive rate, he said. So he bought into that and did a 1035 exchange, because he's done a couple of them, and did that. But then last year, when, when that company stopped paying the high rate, so it had a great rate, a kind of a teaser rate to get you in the door. And once he got in the door and then the rate dropped in the future years, he said, okay, then I don't want to keep this in anymore. It's going to cost me more money. That extra I got that first year is not worth the lower return I'm going to get now. So you have to look at a contract and see what their history has been. Don't just look at what their bonus rate is or what they say the rate might be currently. Look at what their history has been because you don't want them to have a loss leader type of annuity where like some some retail outlets will give you know big discounts on certain items to try to get you in the door and then they'll sell you something else you'll buy something else while you're there so insurance companies do the same thing they might have a bonus situation that bonus oftentimes is there because you're already in an annuity that you've held uh, less than say 10 years and there's still a surrender charge so they'll say well well you can still surrender this and put in this even nicer annuity than you're in because that uh, we're going to pay you a, a double-digit bonus to your account. Well, ask some questions about that bonus. What what is what are the restrictions of that bonus? Now they can't put 10% into your account and say, "All right, uh, you can keep that in there for a year or two, and then we'll let you take it back out." No, that's not going to happen. From what I've seen, 10 years is a pretty common length of time that you have to leave a contract in there and. For the most part, most times, the bonus is not put in your regular account. Your account balance is put into your income account. So these annuities typically have more than one bucket, I call them. So you have an income bucket and you've got an account value bucket. So if the bonus goes into the income bucket, you're never, ever, ever going to have access to that as a lump sum. Wait 10 years, wait 20 years, it doesn't matter. It's in the income bucket. You're going to have to take it out as income and make sure you live long enough to get it out. Because one thing that happens is you might start taking money out of the income bucket and think this is great. When my wife and I, my spouse and I pass, the kids will get what's left in the income bucket. Well, ask this question. What happens when my my spouse and I are gone? Do the, do my loved ones get the amount that's in the this income bucket that you put this extra bonus in, or does it now revert to the account value bucket? I think most of the times you're going to find out it goes back to the account value bucket, which is not as high typically as the income bucket. So this is where it gets confusing, and this is one of my biggest beefs, I guess, with with agents who sell these products is they're not totally forthright on all the different questions you should be asking and all the different features. And then another thing is, and this is a little off topic with the 1035 exchange, is I've seen too many times where uh, prospective clients come in and they put half a million, they put a million into an annuity. They put 50% or 100% of their money into this annuity. The insurance agent just sold them on that guarantee, and that expensive guarantee, but they don't realize it is. And then what happens is the year later or two years later, insurance companies keep tweaking these things and coming out with 
with different bells and whistles, different versions. And the same agent can come back to you two years later, five years later, and say, well, we have this better product. You need to change it to that. Well, that's why I would recommend it. If you're going to buy an annuity, and typically I don't recommend that you do that, but if you're going to buy an annuity, buy more than one. Don't put it all in one type of contract. Contact several agents. Get them talking about it to against each other. And you'll get more information if you have them competing with each other. And you're more than likely going to get a better contract if you have them competing each other than if you just uh, talk to one insurance agent because they seem nice. They seem to know what they're doing. They go to my church. They're a deacon at my church. Whatever it is. I think that's that's probably a... That's probably something to, to watch out for if they're, if they're in your church and they're trying to sell you an annuity because I, I rarely see, I don't know if I've ever seen an annuity. Actually, somebody just went out and researched and bought an annuity. It was sold to them somehow. Somebody had to come out and sell them because when you start doing more research on the annuities, you see how confusing they are and you see the restrictions that are built into those because uh, they're very, very expensive. And as I said, as I said before, the surrender charge is essentially a guaranteed loss for however long that surrender charge is. If you want to get that money out because it's not the contract is not performing as you thought it was going to perform or thought it should, you're stuck. You can't get out of it because it's all in this one contract with this surrender charge. So understand what your basis is. So if you're going to change from one annuity to another, non-qualified, and you're going to do a 1035 tax-free exchange, make sure that the new company gets the basis of the old company, transfers the basis to the new company. So that, that down the road, when you're ready to liquidate that contract or your family is ready to liquidate it because you passed on it and they're the beneficiary of it, that they know what the basis is. It's important that they know how much they can take out that's taxable and how much was your original contribution. And if somebody did uh, one or multiple 1035 exchanges over a period of time, like Bill did going back to the 80s, and he's done several since then, you need to make sure you track that basis because if you don't, it's going to be very hard, and the, the, the IRS is going to say, it's all taxable. You don't have any record of what your basis is. So you want to you want to keep track of what that that basis is for forever until those things get get liquidated. So understand what the insurance contract is paying. And and I think if you just would think about think through because there's a lot of scare tactics going on here lately with the market doing all the volatility it's doing. The insurance agents are coming out in droves trying to figure out trying to get you to buy their product to say I've got these guarantees. I just I just wouldn't look at that on the short term basis like that. It's just not worth it to me. Uh, I don't think it is to you either. It's too expensive. So we've got to wrap things up. But, of course, if you have any questions or would like to learn more about any of the topics that I've covered in the program today, you can reach out to your financial advisor, maybe your CPA or tax attorney, whoever your professional is. But we believe, however, I really believe strongly, it's very important that you work with an advisor who shares your values and your biblical worldview. So for more information about that, please call me, Mike Miller, 800-588-PLAN. That's 800-588-7526. Or send an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. That's mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time for the next Talking Money.